0: internets so you are tuned into the combat jack show the combat jack dot com yeah. premium pete is in the building what's on, up sir what's going on combat yo man we back at it first and foremost i really want to thank the listeners man we hit the half year point mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying a little a week after a half year point man this has just been a phenomenal 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 year so first and foremost i really want to thank you pete you know, for riding really hard pause, this year, pause. Mm-hmm. You know i'm saying i want to shout out you know a king jonathan Menna. You know what I'm saying Dallas Penn it was not in the building, but Dallas Penn just blaze ben, um, Hameen. ben Hameen DJ Ben Hameen Chris Morrow Matt Raz Dwayne Crawford, you know, the whole crew man. We made it this I didn't know when we started this year what direction we were going to take, but it's been such a phenomenal year. And, and with that, I really got to thank the listeners, man. Y'all have really been supporting us. You know, I really appreciate the comments and the love and the support and the social media and all of that. And the blogs and the blogs and the blogs that's putting us out there. I see y'all. Don't think that y'all ain't appreciate it, man. I really, really, really appreciate this, man. It's been a phenomenal year. We got another half year to go. Let's knock this bitch out the fucking park. Yeah. Without further ado, man, I'm, I'm really honored to have this man in the studio, man. You know, I've been following his career for a long time. And have seen him grown and blossom, you know, from performing, you know, from you know, from having these small record deals yeah. to, you know, who is this kid from Chicago to, yeah. you know, making a disc record that kind of was like out of nowhere, but niggas was like, ooh, to like, you know, watching him on screen and, yeah. you know, on cable and, Woo. you know. Partying with the president and, and, and Jay-Z name <laughs> dropping him and all this. Listen, man, you know, I got a lot of respect for Chicago. I got a lot of respect for the brothers and sisters from Chicago. And I got yeah. a lot of respect for you internets. Let's welcome to the Combat Jack Show. Common.
1: Yo, peace, peace. What's going on?
0: Man, you going on, man. Your 10th album.
1: Yeah, man. This is That's an honor in itself, man. When I think about when I first like began just to think about like, man, I just wanted to be heard. I wanted to be able to come to New York and come to like places where where NWA, De La Soul, KRS would know who I am to now, just being able to be in my tenth album and, and say, Man, I'm I'm working with my man No ID and doing something that I love, man, that's a blessing.
0: Now the title of the album is Nobody Smiling.
1: Yeah. And
0: and I know there's a lot of meanings behind it, but the first thing that pops to my mind is, you know, is this like a little nod to to rock him,
1: oh for sure, you know, the God MC. Yeah, that's that's definitely where the whole thought began. But it was really a conversation too, like where I was talking with no idea, and we was talking about what's going on in Chicago. Yes, and with you know with so much of the violence and and man, like all the murders that's been happening. We was like, we got to do something. That's that's you know this is where we from. So you know we talked about a movement. Along with doing the music, and that's when we came up with nobody smiling because it's really like attention, like because you know, common, I'm known to be like, ah, yeah, I feel good. Life is good. Things, you know, I'm trying. You know, <laughs> I talk about the struggle for sure, right? But I mean, I try to keep a positive energy to what I do. But nobody smiling, man. It's like, yo, what's up? You know, this, this yo, shit ain't all good right now.
0: Nah, shit ain't all good, man. And, and and what I said earlier, man, about I wasn't bullshit when I said I had a, I had a, I have a lot of respect. For Chicago, man, and, yeah. and the, the, the the strain of the brothers and sisters that's out there. You yeah. know what I'm saying? I, yeah. Like, you, you already know. It's already known worldwide. Like, you don't disrespect brothers and sisters from Chicago. But when you look at the history also yeah. of Chicago and why it's like this, you know what I'm saying? Like, the historical, yeah. you know, discrimination that went into housing yeah. right, and the concentration of— you know, certain socioeconomics that put black people in a certain place. I mean, there's a lot of blood that's spilling right now that's that's really on the government's hands as well. Yeah, you know I'm saying it's not just us wilding.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, I mean, you know, we get to it. Like, we know that, like, most of the stuff that we're dealing with, like, has been put on us. I mean, yes. it's, it's happened from way back, but now we can't even dwell on that because, right. like, at a certain point, it's like, how, how long are we going to be like, man, y'all did this to us. So, man, you put us in this situation. Oh, we, we are in this situation. Yeah. We can't get out. We, we, yeah, yeah, it's like we got to think about, man, how are we going to get out of this? Like like how can we collectively get out? And I and me as a person, I feel like, man, I can't sit there and see. I can't yeah. see Pete just like struggling and just walk by and be like, oh, ain't nothing happening. Yeah. You know, so I got to at least acknowledge, even if I can't do nothing at the time, I'm going to say, yo, you all right? Something, you know, like. And that point is, is like, man. Like what's going on in Chicago for me, I couldn't just walk past it and act like, "Yo, oh man, things is good." Or, or you know, the, I think the you know the country can't just walk past and act like everything is good. Because in, in in no matter what city you are in, and if you go into the hoods of any city, it's it's poverty, it's drugs, it's violence, and we gotta you know we don't want who want to live like that.
0: Nah, no nobody comes out want to live like that. Nah. And I, and I think that's commendable, man. Because one of the things that I've really been just focusing on man and disappointed in is is how you know the fortunate of us. Yeah, you know, really. And I'm not saying that everybody should. I'm not. I'm not trying to be judgmental. Yeah. But it, it baffles me sometimes that we have so many powerful voices, so many influential voices in our culture that don't say a fucking word.
1: Yeah. I mean, you know. I think that everybody, everybody don't have that in them. Right. Like, you know, and I, and I don't fault them for that. Because, you know, like, we don't know. Like, for me, I'm like, I don't know what you've been through in your life. You may not just even. But fortunately, like, growing up in Chicago, I grew up around black culture. And I grew up around people that had money, some people that didn't have money. I grew up around people that knew, like the movement of the civil rights. And I grew up around people that weren't as involved. And with that being said, you know, I I was able to make a decision for myself, how I wanted to move in, in life and be like, man, yo, okay. My mother, like my mother worked hard for me to go to a good school. My mother gave me opportunities. So I felt like, It's my duty to go back and be able to look out for people. And everybody, man, some people, you know, just grew up in different ways. And they may not have the energy or think about, like, man, I need to help these people out. But um, I do. It's something that that KRS-One said way back that made me think about it. Just even just when you grab the microphone. He's like, he said, you think I'm going to grab the mic and waste my nation's time? You know, like, meaning, like, you get a microphone, you get a chance to say something. Yeah, And it ain't always got to be, like, conscious, but... If you can offer something like even just some of your experience, then man, that might help. You know, you know. And at the end of the day, man, like we all want to want the world to get better. Like we want ourselves our to get better, and want the world to get better. So when that when it comes through for me, it comes through like yo through the things that I do in musically, through me just like going out and being around like people that I grew up around, and just like seeing what's going on, and then being able to channel that and figure out what's going on, the things that I can change to help. Now the concept
0: behind the the cover artwork
1: yeah. for nobody smiling is dope, man.
0: You got several different deluxe. You have a you have yeah. a deluxe version yeah. and 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 a regular version. But on the deluxe versions, you have different cats from Chicago on on different covers representing the music.
1: Yeah, I mean it's like this this album was like really a chance for me to give back, like in a way that's like. I've never, like, we had this conversation in the studio. I never really put a rapper on. Like, you know, like, you know, like, I've had, like, certain artists from Chicago that rapped on my on my songs and guys that weren't out before. But, I mean, just put them on. Like, and and, and for me, th- those covers, like, putting Lil Herb, putting Dreezy putting um little bibby some people don't know about that right you know I know about them and 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 the shy know about them and there's some people in the world that know about them you see them on, on certain hip hop you know avenues but everybody don't know about them and and for me putting them on my album cover is a way to give back saying look we all one and the same you know what I'm saying like this this I see y'all I see me so right. this is what the, that's why I'm putting y'all on my cover. I don't need to be on the cover I ain't even in my first video right yeah you know I, what I'm saying I, I like, like that yeah it's like you know if 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 it ain't going to really benefit the song or benefit the art then it ain't got I ain't got to be in the video cuz it ain't about me
0: what did some of these cats said to you man like like a king louis who's on one of the covers uh, king, yeah, what, yeah. That, what what was the conversation like did you reach out to them and say yo I want you to be on the cover of my album
1: yeah man I asked them I called them and was like man <laughs> man I want y'all to be on the cover of the album and they all came to this hotel room and we took the pictures and um you know like we, that's where the, that's where we took the photographs against this black background, and um, they were just more or less like. I think in in reality, they part of like King Louis was was like you know he was grateful. Cass was grateful. They also was getting like trying to understand like, man, okay, what well, comment on because they ain't they ain't know me that well. Right, they don't know me saying. that well. So they kind of sitting around like, hi right. like, and they some of them, you know, some of them. what you really want from us comment,
0: yeah, <laughs>
1: exactly. And then and then and then too, just like. You know, that's the first time I reach out to you. I'm like, you know, I I, well, I actually reached out to King Louis because he performed in my benefit. And um, Lil' Herb is on my album. Right. So I, I reached out to them and Dreezy. So some of them I knew, but Lil' Bibby probably, I just called him out of the blue like, yo. He was like, stop playing. This ain't coming. <laughs> yeah. he was, you know, <laughs> Lil' Bibby, I liked it. The way he approached it was like, yo, let me know what it is. Like, uh, you know, I'm down, but let me see what it's going to look like. Ah. And, da, da, da. and I was like, ah, I respect that. You know what you I handle mean? handle it like a little businessman, yeah, right? Like, Yeah. Like, like that showed me he cared about what the way he presented himself, and right. I, I respect that. Now, which, which one
0: is your favorite cover? Which one stands out the most to you, man?
1: Oh, out, of, out of these covers? Yeah, out of I've these covers. No, yeah. nobody Smiling? I would say it's either the King Louis. That's a strong one, dude. Yeah, it's something That's a about, real strong. you know, this dreads and the... It look it look iconic. What he, the photo and and you know it just look it look right. Like it's just a, it's just a good a good um, piece of art, right? You know and um and then yeah, that's the one that that stands out the most. I'm gonna be real with it. That's the I one.
0: would say out of the ones that I saw, that's my favorite. Also, yeah, it, yeah, is. it just the... just makes an impression, man.
1: And I love you know I got to shout out the Def Jam team because they actually came with that concept, mm. you know, like and. And they were like, "Yo, man, what about you know having several covers, different covers with with different Chicago artists?" I was like, "That's it, right there, you know, because I, you know, man, I feel I feel better that I just gave back like in in that way right. than, than a lot of other things that I've done, you know, whether it's been like okay, my album is sold this many, or you know, these people are like I'm getting this much radio play. It's just the fact that I could sit here and talk to you. And talk to y'all. And then some of the, the listeners may be like, man, let me go see what's up with, with Lil Herb or Lil Bibby. You know, like that. That's, the, you know, I, I feel right. Like it's that time to give to give back.
0: That's dope, man. Now, now, now what do you think about the the heat? We talked about the violence and the, and the crime, but what do you think about the musical heat that's coming out of Chicago right now, because it's so it's it, it kind of reminds me of New York yeah. in the crack era. Yeah. Where shit was so, like, everybody wanted to come to New York, but the, the reality was New York was a harsh place. Yeah, it was a harsh it was place. A, it was a pressure cooker. And yeah. out of that pressure, that that culture, you know what I'm saying, yeah. that bacteria that you call culture yeah. was cooking. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah, for And, sure. and I, it just hit me today, Literally. like, this this the similarities between New York and the 80s, where it was about guns and violence and drugs and culture and what's going on in Chicago right now. Like, it's hot right now.
1: yeah. I mean, I, I'm, I could, as you talk about it, I definitely feel like the correlation between those two places and Chicago definitely, it's a lot of heat out there. Just, you know, it, it, it ain't nothing that we like. I ain't sitting there like, oh, man, I'm proud that we, you know, like. Are we popping? Kid, yeah, and right. ain't, you know, I don't be like on that. Like, you know, man, I'd rather see things be good. Right. I, I'm i cool with calling the place Chirac, calling the city Chirac. You know, you know, we know, going to always stand, you know, we're going to stand like men. Like, what's up? You know, we real niggas. But at the end of the day, don't nobody want to see, I don't want to see nobody dying.
0: No, like, nobody else,
1: man. You know what I'm saying? I don't want to see that. So, I mean, the music is a reflection of that. When, and that's why when people ask me, yo, what you think about them guys? Like, What you think about Chief Keefe? What you think about Lil Durk? First of all, they all individuals. So I ain't going to just lump them up together, even though it's part of a drill movement. We all, you know, everybody from Brooklyn ain't the same, you of know what I'm saying. Right. So with that being said, I, man, I never separated myself from them or looked down upon them because they rapping what they know, and 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 I be feeling the soul in some of what they doing. To be honest, like I'm like, man, I, I feel that you could tell that's coming from.
0: No, from I mean experience. it's undeniable. Regardless yeah. what it is on the, on the surface, yeah, you know what it is underneath, man. Yeah, I'm saying you know exactly. what it is underneath. Man. Yeah,
1: exactly. So with that being said, it's like. More than anything, I relate to it. I be sitting there like playing it. And plus, I love hearing them accents, them Chicago accents. And you know, like when Dreezy did this song, Chirac, the one that um, Nicki Minaj and and Lil Herb did. But when Dreezy redid it, she just like hit up Harold's on 87, get five pieces of mild (laughs) sauce. And that's just like, that's just, that's Harold's chicken in Chicago. Mild sauce is Harold's. You know, it's all, so I just connect with it basically, is what I'm saying.
0: I'm feeling also the, the 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 women that's coming up, man. Sasha yeah. go hard and Katie got bands yeah, and like yeah. like the, the fact that these women their rap names are sentences. Yeah. Like that shit is hot. <laughs>
1: yeah, that shit is dope, right? <laughs> Sasha go hard. That's dope, man. And Katie got bands. It's easy all them all them girls, you know, they do their thing, man. And um, you know, for me it's I'm proud to to be able to be like, man, that's my city and those artists bringing what they bring. I always thought Chicago was was something that that had to offer diversity, and in and, and, and it, it was a diverse um, group of artists anyway. Because when we started, it was Twister, it was me, it was Do or Die, and mm. then eventually Ye and Lupe, and then you had, you know, then you got like now you got Chance the Rapper, and you know you got you still got a little Dirt, you know. It's like a diversity in our city that I feel like. I like hearing like the, the female artists doing their thing, and they all don't don't exactly sound the same. They might be rapping over drill beats, but they don't all sound the same.
0: But but what's also great is that it's it's not only being appreciated in Chicago, but like I'm seeing some of these artists starting to have like really worldwide fingerprints. Like the fact that you know Sasha is going over overseas yeah. with Diplo, that shit yeah. is great, B.
1: Yeah, man, that's you know that just goes to show man, I always looked at. Our culture and black people in America, and seeing how much we influence the world, you know. And that's black and Latino people, to be honest. Like, you know, like, cause we, cause hip hop comes from us. Yes. You know. And man, it's something, man, to see, like, yo, you see all these artists going overseas and all they, they, they have a mixtape out. They can go overseas and perform because the world wanna know what we gotta say. Like, we got something that's gold inside, like, just, whether we looking at it and we like, man, this shit is fucked up. But it's it's gold. But it's gold somewhere yeah. else because it just because it's just like something that's just innate, man. It's just something that's in us that, that the world wanna hear. It's been going on for years, like yeah. whether it's in jazz music, you know, or soul music, and now hip hop and hip hop has been here for a long time.
0: But I think also what makes Chicago great is the origin of Chicago, the fact that yeah. Chicago was discovered. Yeah. By a black man, by yeah. a Haitian man. Yes, sir. Like people don't really talk about that, but it's, it, you know what I'm saying? Like just yeah. the fact that it had that soul, that stamp. I mean, of course, it had the indigenous people there, of yeah. course. Yeah. But the fact that you had the stamp of a, of a, of a brother from Haiti yeah. and that history, you know what I'm saying? That lineage is is crazy, B.
1: Yeah, that's, that's, yeah. Jean Baptiste Sabo, I got a familiar with him because my father used to work at the museum. Okay. The Sabo Museum. And he went, and my old man went to, to Sabo High School. I you know learn more that you know that he was Haitian like that's the the one thing I got to say is like uh, being in Chicago you you don't get you don't know the diversity of black people until you get like till I came to New York is when of I learned course. that that like you could be black it'd be look Trini. like me and be Colum- yeah Trini and like or you Panamanian. could be you could be Colombian <laughs> and look like me and like when I first met the Beat Nuts and them guys and they was like man they was like man I'm I'm Dominican or I'm I'm Colombian. I was like, what? You know like I never I that's how I segregated and how unexposed we were. Right. But as you said, the origin of the city comes from a black man, a Haitian man. And and with that being said, throughout the years it's always been culture. That's why we have artists like Curtis Mayfield or Maurice White who's the the head of um or the lead of um Earth, Rain, Fire. Earth, Wind & Fire. That's why we got Shaka Khan and Minnie Ripperton and and those artists that produce soul, like soul music, to the soul, two. like
0: it, like it, like it ain't been produced anywhere else. Yeah,
1: me? yeah, for real. So, yeah, that the history is there, the culture is there, but it's like it is real segregated.
0: Yeah, um, I'm liking what I'm hearing so far oh, from thanks, from, from nobody smiling the kingdom.
1: Yeah, you know, yeah, is it's,
0: it's, you know featuring Vince Staples. Yeah, um, does this single set the tone?
1: Oh yeah, for, for sure. The album for sure. This single sets the tone. Because it's a hip hop joint. It's just it's hip hop, man, and it's and it's and it's got a spirit to it. It's like got the you, gospel chorus. Yeah, yeah, the gospel is it's like, got that
0: marching beat. It, it's yeah, like it's 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 like it, it's you flowing, but you know it's some serious shit. It ain't no jokey.
1: It, yeah, it it ain't it ain't it's serious. Yeah. it's serious. This boy is raw and like and you know it's one of those things where. It's a street song, man, at the end of the day, but it's got like a gospel to it too. And I think that's what the whole theme of the song is. It's like, It's Because the sample is saying, help me get the keys to the kingdom. But mm-hmm. if you're on the streets, you ain't thinking yo, every day about like spirituality or whatever those things you're may be. You're trying to survive. You're trying to survive. Survival is your first salvation. So I kind of just rap from that perspective because I know that perspective. And Vince Staples brought what he brought and he got he know it from his way and just told the story. And uh, man, you know that song is. I think you know it's a, it's got a special quality in hip hop to me.
0: Now nah, it's it's, it's, a, it's a it's a unique sounding song.
1: Yeah. But there's an urgency in it,
0: man. And, and and I think for what you're trying to do with this album, you know, like I said, it, it sets
1: the tone, yeah. man. Yeah, it definitely sets the tone. And you know, I was thinking about like when I was I was talking to somebody, I can't remember who it was, but I was saying uh, we was talking about. How that song is like, it's like, you know, when Negro Spirituals was like, they were songs that you'd be going through the roughest times, but somehow them Negro Spirituals made you feel like you could make it. And that's what I want that song to be. Like, yo, I feel like, man, I can make it. Like, you know, I'm going through something, but I can make it. And this song is like a reinforcement. Even even if it ain't provided all the solutions, it's saying, you know, Wait in just the hope, just, just hold on hold, to this hold on yeah. this is
0: some hope right here yeah some hope now now the other song that I heard
1: is, is War still on the album? War nah War is not on the album okay. War, War was just like a song we just put out just you know just to start tester. letting them know started letting them know we knew it wasn't gonna be on the album so that's why we put it out that early okay yeah and it was just like basically I just I had never did a song and just be like okay I'm gonna put it out Put it out, you know. Like I kind of let me feed the internet. Get, yeah, feed. It. I I didn't come from that. I the didn't culture, even. I used, to, yeah, that, I used to be like, man, wait. They put like song, in my uh, shit. Yeah, like <laughs> wait. Well, I'm giving out free songs for man. Like what is that? Like but but I understood. You got to move with the times, you know. And, and yeah, I was with it. I was and with. And trust
0: me. us, man. We appreciate that, man. Yeah, good, good. We yeah. definitely appreciate that. How is it working with with no ID right now, man? Like working with him again, man. Man,
1: it's, it's we both have matured and evolved as 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 men and it's like man it's, it's one of the greatest like creative um, partnerships I've had like because he really cares about the culture he knows who I am he can be re- he certain si- certain sentences I always hear in the studios like man look I don't care if you've been in the White House or none of that shit you hip hop yes you know yes no idea and it, yeah, it, it kind of like you would be like
0: Nigga, cut this Hollywood shit yeah, out right here, yeah, B. Yeah,
1: exactly, G. It's <laughs> like, yo, see, like, don't, yo, rap, nigga, rap. Like, that's what it is. It's like, yo, just rap, nigga. Yeah. Like, yo, you was you born to do this. Do it. Like, and, and those reminders you need sometimes because. You always need that. Yeah, you I, need I, that. I think
0: that even our greatest, that when they reach the highest levels, they still need that cat. Man. That they respect from like back when they was sharing a slice of pizza or a soda or whatever the fuck it was. Like, nah, nigga, nah, that's not it.
1: That ain't it, G. That's
0: not it. It's a war going on out there. You see the other side killing us?
1: Yo, you gotta be able to, you gotta have people in your team that's gonna gonna say that and can be courageous enough to say it Right. and, you know, feel like they ain't got nothing to lose. Right. You need people like that all the time in your life. You grew up with no ID, right? Yeah, since the fourth grade. Since the fourth grade. Yeah, so, I mean, he's somebody that, but, He's somebody that like, like knows me. Like he knows the shit I've been through. I know the shit he's been through. And like, and you, you know, that's like that's home. Like at mm. the end of the day, like we we come from the same place. So we didn't play ball together. Got kicked, you know. Got kicked out of school. He that. got kicked C- out. Cut C- class. Yeah, all this. Smoke cigarettes. Yeah, he was smoking squares, or maybe smoking weed. <laughs> no,
0: but I think it's also great and and dynamic that that you guys really started on this journey together, and then you guys went your you know proverbial separate ways. Yeah, but you guys continued to kind of like a lockstep, like progressing your own progressive careers. You know what I'm saying? So look at him right now. You know, yeah, you know, one of the top guys at Def Jam, and, and, and this is your first Def Jam album. Now, that's a huge. Reunion, dude.
1: Man, that's, yeah, shoot, I'm honored to be on, I'm on his label at Def Jam, right. already Def Jam. Okay. Man, think about 20 years ago we made, I used to love him, we just was two hungry artists. And now for me to be a hungry artist, meeting up with, with Dion and we like, and he executive at Def Jam and him and hip hop and that whole Def Jam re- regime is like, man, it's just, it's, it's like I'm in the right place, you know, and and man, you like, Thank, I be thanking God, like, man, because nobody else would understand the music the way he would. That You know, like, you got labels, but they ain't, you know, they not in the mix like that sometimes. They like, they not, like, Def Jam is a hip-hop label, essentially. You know, obviously they got other music, but for them oh, put, I always
0: c- called it the Harvard of hip-hop.
1: Yeah, so it should, and it is, man. It should be, because that was the beginning. You can remember, we remember as kids seeing those... Def Jam record labels spinning around, you know, and that was one of the first labels I was hoping to sign to, and it's like, you know, it is like the epitome of when it comes to labels and dealing with hip-hop, that's Def Jam. So to have no ID, say, man, we going to sign you, and to understand the music the way he does is like, man, it's, man, you can't get can't, can't be better. better than this. Yeah, you <laughs> can't get better than that.
0: I read your book, man. I read yeah. I read your book, um, and one day it'll all make sense. yeah. And you were very open in that book, man. And I definitely want to talk about, you know, what we do on this show is not, we don't only talk about the projects that you got coming out, man, but, but I really want to talk about some things that, that, that our general audience might not necessarily know about you, man. So, you know, one of the things that stood out, man, that was really powerful and it seems like it defines you is your relationship with your moms.
1: Yeah. You know, she was
0: a really strong presence in your life. She was a school principal, and, and, and she kind of had this strictness, at least how you wrote the book, Yeah, about her.
1: Nah, for sure. My mother, I mean, you know, I started off, it was just me and my mother. I ain't really grew up around my father, so right. that was what I knew. And she taught me well, man. She taught me to, to, like, love. She taught me, like, to work hard. She was making sure I was, like, reading and doing stuff, that, like, going to school and doing good in school, like, not trying to be a, like, not just trying to be out on the street doing nothing. Like, you know, and the streets was right there, but it was like she was, like, really enforcing, like, being productive and being somebody. And having that support and having that love really meant a whole lot to me. And, you know, it shaped the way I thought, and it gave me a foundation so that I could go out in the world and discover things for myself but be confident in myself too.
0: Yeah, it, it didn't sound like she was, like, overbearing. Like, y- you wasn't on a short leash. But when it came time to really telling you, like, you know what, this is the direction. Or this is really what the cloth that you're built from. Yeah. Like she laid the foundation down.
1: Yeah, she laid the foundation. And, you know, like like you said, I wasn't on a short leash. It wasn't like I was, like, a, a preacher's kid or right. whatever. But it was like she understood, like, she she came from the street herself, you know, to a, to a certain degree. So she understood, like, okay— I'm going to let you live your life a little bit, but I'm going to make sure I watch you and know that you're going in the way that I need you to go and the way I envision you to go so that you can go be something in life. So I definitely got that. And, you know, I feel like I need to want to be able to do that for, for my daughter. Right. And, you know, if I can do it for kids that I, I, I'm not their parents, I want to do it.
0: One of the things that stands out, man, is you talk about this encounter when you were six years old. Mm-hmm. where you really like you you really at that point realize what race and more importantly what racism was man let's yeah. let's talk about that
1: oh yeah that was you know i was at this store and this little kid um was spelling out the word black spelled spelling out the word black right and uh he was saying it real like it was derogatory and i kind of looked and i was you was know was he
0: directing it towards you
1: yeah he was directing it towards me and my god brother we right. was in there and when he was saying it, you know, he was making a little song out of it. It sounded like a horror uh, note, like, B-L-A-C-K, B-L-A-C-K. And, I'm like, and I kind of was feeling different ways. I was like, Shh, oh, shit, I'm in a white neighborhood where they definitely, I knew it to be a white neighborhood where to, black people weren't supposed to go as much.
0: You knew that at six years old?
1: Yeah, I mean, I knew it because I, I could hear what grown-ups were right. saying. And, but we was there on our way back from, like, doing something with both our mothers and we stopped in there, that's what the little kid was, was saying. So I didn't, like, it wasn't like I chopped out, like, and uh, snapped or nothing. I was just like, man, why are you saying that? And a little bit scared at the same token, like, man, I was mad at him, too. It was all the, all those things. So that was my first, like, m- remembering racism. Right. You know what I mean? What, what do you think that left
0: with you, man, like, growing up? What impact did that have on you? I think
1: it let me know that, like, it's people that think that I'm less than them because I'm black. Um, It let me know that no matter how, like, I didn't, I didn't know this when I did it, but no matter how, like, crazy or ignorant, you know, this white cat was being, I ain't have to, like, fall victim to that. Right. You know, it let me know basically I could rise above it. You know, and I that and that wasn't my thought press thought process like I was at the six time. Years. Right, right, right. No, You're not processing. No, no, no. I'm just, you know, instinctively I'm like, look, I, I can't I ain't gonna get in trouble in this white neighborhood. Right. No tell you know. And what's gonna
0: what's gonna snowball like Yeah, this? Exactly.
1: And I ain't gonna get in trouble with my mother, all that. So I just basically reacted naturally the way I should, the way I felt, and I just was mad, but it did teach me to you know, I could rise above it really, and and it does exist. Right.
0: You also talked, man, about when you was younger, man. Um, you had an incident where, um, these cats jacked you for your bike. Yeah. And you know, you didn't fight back, but what you walked away from was, you felt that one of the reasons you didn't fight back because you didn't, you felt like you didn't deserve the bike. Yeah. But here I am looking at you right now, years later, and, and you're a very successful dude. So. How do you go from feeling that you don't deserve something that's yours to being so successful, man?
1: Well, you know what it was? It was like my mother, man, provided some things for me. When I was, like, young, my mother took me to Jamaica. Right. You know, and that was big for me. Like, you know, like, to... and some of my friends didn't get, I know I had close friends whose mothers died over overdose. Mm. But you know, like they ain't had no father around. It was just like their lives was messed up. So always, I, I was walking around with a little bit of guilt. Like, man, I got you mm, know, I got it. I got like my my life is is pretty good. My mother here doing well for me. So me probably feeling like I ain't deserve a bike was either my way of being like, man. You know what? They you know, you know, like I don't need this you know anyway because. Like I, I see in my some of my people that don't got so right. I'm just like I kind of was feeling like that which you know that's just how I felt but and, and then at the same token I, I probably was like man I ain't gonna get my ass whooped for this bike right now <laughs> 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 so that's probably part of it too like you know at the end of the day but then eventually at some point I just learned to fight for mine whether right. I was gonna take a loss or not was it a mongoose it was a swing it was a swing, swing stingray uh. oh with pegs on the back man it was fresh i had the i had mag mag wheels i had the blue and gray stingray
0: now another thing that 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 really struck me as remarkable man is you know you and uh, president obama yeah have a lot in common but you know you talked about you know uh, uh uh jeremiah Wright and you know basically how you know during his uh Campaign, President President Obama's campaign, yeah. you know how things got turned around, and like how you, you know, you, like what was your what was your observation of that man? Because growing up, Jeremiah Wright was really inspirational to you.
1: Yeah, well, I grew up at Trinity Church where Jeremiah Wright was was the pastor, right. and he had a big influence on me. Like because his words was, was his words were like spiritual, revolutionary, community driven you know uh, like the whole model for the church was unapologetically black right. unashamedly Christian so it was like that's powerful right I there. was getting I was getting all the lessons you know from this man so I didn't know Obama much at, at, you know like I didn't know him growing up for sure right. but I didn't even know that he had been married by him him and the first lady had been married by Reverend Jeremiah Wright but um Eventually, you know, I, I knew he went to, to Trinity. Eventually, right. even as, as he began to climb, and it was like when that when they were like causing the the, the separation, and and like you know, I was kind of I felt more or less like Obama has to do what he has to do, right. but I felt bad for Reverend Wright because Reverend Wright is just speaking up for what he believes in, and I and I never fault a person for speaking up for what they believe in, and um and it was just like. One of those things where I feel like, man, the media could really, and you know, this this whole political thing it's can crazy. really cause like it's some crazy real separation right. and like you know dissension amongst people who really mean something to each other, and but um, Obama had to make the moves he had to make because it was a higher purpose. Of course. But, you know, I still, like, roll with both of them. Like, you know, it's, it's just one of those things where a man make a decision, I got to move forward from this, but you're still my guy.
0: Yeah. It, it reminds me of basically our culture where, you know, we have a way of talking yeah. about certain things. There's a, there's a certain way that we, you know, speak on things or even certain, you know, just how we carry ourselves. It kind of reminds me of what recently happened with Jay-Z, mm-hmm. you know, with the, with the, with the five – you know, 5% of Medallion. Oh, yeah, yeah, You know, yeah, that he yeah. rocked. You know, we all know what that is. Yeah, you know what I'm exactly. saying? We all grew up with that. Yeah. And all of a sudden, the media is turning this around like he hates white people. I'm like, are y'all bugging? Like, it's crazy, man.
1: Man, I mean, the media obviously can make, they <laughs> they made me, they they call me a vile rapper. Vile. You are vile A vile thug. rapper, a thug rapper, a police <laughs> killer, you know. I'm like, man, man, come on man, I ain't killed nobody ever in my life. I never but, promoted that. You know, I might only on the microphone, right. you know, it's a, it's a, you know, but the point is the media going going to like twist things and make things be be seen and heard the way they want to. Right. So you got to like be you got to be smart enough to like look at it and know like and it's it's tough, man. It's crazy because one of my guys is with me in sh- from Chicago. And I took him with me to to the Grammys a couple of years ago. And this was like, I, this is right when I was having like a little heat with Drake. Me and Drake was getting into it. Right. And, I, and we saw each other, and we had our own little discussion, blah, blah, blah. And the reports that the media said was way different from what happened. And when my boy saw that, he was like, damn, I ain't know that, you know, they be turning the stories and spinning the stories like that. I'm like, yeah, that's what it is. You know, at the end of the day, it's business for them. Right. Like, so... I, I, know, gotta, I ain't you know they gotta
0: they gotta deliver that yeah, red
1: meat. I ain't faulting the machine, but but I mean I guess you know at some point I gotta think for myself, right. You know and just and know that like okay, that's being said because it's hard not to read it and believe
0: it, right? But let me ask you, man, in, in your position right now, man, you you know you like I said, you're one of the most successful cats that made it. Yeah. Do you find yourself every now and then second guessing like a move you want to make because you might think that this is going to be interpreted differently?
1: It's, it's been periods in my career that I second guess. Yeah. I'm not at that place right now where I'm second guessing. Like, it's just like, man, just move, move forward. Like, make decisions from, from the sincerity of who you are. And if it works, it works. If it doesn't work, it's a lesson in it, it's something you can get from it. And man, yeah, you, you know, like, this album felt so good to me because I don't feel like I got a lot to prove. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like what? A, what am I gonna prove? I'm you know yeah I want to be in the top five MCs right, ever. Right, you know right. this is rap, this is rap. And the point I'm making is, is like I don't really. Um, I'm not at a place where I got like I, I'm trying to do too too much. It feel like things got to be s- simple and easy. I surround myself with good people. If things don't feel right, then I just don't mess with it because it ain't it ain't. It ain't gonna make or break my life, you know what I mean? Like, that's not what it is. So I'm not at that place. So I'm more, I'm more from a perspective of fearlessness than I am like.
0: That's dope, man.
1: You know, uh, let me let me me think twice about this.
0: Yeah, I think the worst place anybody could be, man, is is in a situation where you have to second guess yourself. Because I've been in that situation, and. And it it, it don't it, it don't ever end up right.
1: Man, we all. You know what I'm man. saying? Yeah, we all. It are, don't ever end up right. Don't ever, man. We all <laughs> been in that situation. You think long, you think wrong sometimes, and it's just like, man, like this. You know, you got that instinct. We got that instinct in us to, to and and like, like I said, if you make a decision that don't like it don't go the way you wanted it to go, own it. Yeah, just own it and keep it moving, man. Yeah, like, man. You still breathing, man.
0: Yeah. Now coming up, man, you uh, witnessed somebody really become a star before your eyes. The first person you really saw become a major star in front of your eyes was Michael Jordan.
1: Yeah. Like, uh, like, well, it's crazy. I thought you was about to say Kanye. No, no, no. <laughs> I mean, no, but
0: really, like, like yeah. going from like, oh, this cat is yeah. a rookie on a you know on the Bulls.
1: Yeah, that was. I mean. I was a ball boy for the Bulls. Pause. Good good, good pause. (laughs) was a good pause.
0: (laughs) 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 Ain't no common play the pause (laughs) game.
1: And uh, and um, Mike Mike was uh, he came in as a as a as a um, rookie, and was like, you know, he man, he came in. I remember he came playing like Houdini, and he had a radio. He's playing Houdini in the locker room, and the general manager was like, "Nah, you can't do it. No, no, no. We can't have all that. And two <laughs> games later, two games later, he could play whatever the hell he wanted to play. It was like, oh, this dude is Michael Jordan. So, yeah, I saw him like at, at, at the beginning. I saw him like start doing local commercials for Chevrolet in Chicago to becoming – Michael Jordan, Air Jordan, like Nike. We we both. Yeah, <laughs> we
0: all got Nikes in here,
1: and we and we both got these Are these Jordans, these Jordans. Yeah, yeah, those are ones. Those are the ones. Yeah, those Jordans. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. So, shh, man. Like, think about how long this brand has lasting. I seen that man, like, truly, like, that's what you call like a transition too, because he right. took his talent and he built himself. He had a team around him, and he was intelligent enough to know how to like evolve and like because his first commercials, you know, he went like it went like he was like as smooth as he is now. He a like, little awkward. He was like a
0: young yeah, Snoop in a yeah, sense. Yeah. Mm.
1: Yeah. But um he, he he evolved to that place and just found it within himself to be like, man, you know, and, and had the right people around and it, it all worked out, man. It's only one Michael Jordan.
0: Seeing that transition though, what impact did that have on you, man?
1: More than more than anything, it probably just gave me um, an example in front of my face of how to become, like, great and, and like, how, like, you can, you can use your talents to really, like, start becoming something bigger than what you even knew of. And I ain't like I was thinking of that when I was 12 years old right. or nothing, but I'm just saying to see somebody go from, like, just being a rookie to becoming the biggest athlete in the world – it just made me know it's it's possible, possible and, right? and and, and yo know, these things like it does take that hard work, and it takes that like that focus, and you and it took that confidence. Like confidence was something I think as a as a young man I needed to work on. Right. You know. I
0: think everybody needs to work on that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's you know. a, What's your thoughts on especially Mike Beam from Chicago? But this is the craziest thing. Your thoughts on. The brand Jordan. Think about the sneakers. Think about the kids from Chicago. Think about the kids from worldwide who are killing over his sneakers. I mean, are laced up in his sneakers and never seen him play a game of basketball. I mean, that's. I mean, it's 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 something because you think about man, these these kids are killing over something that they value so much because other people valued it before them, and now they value it. But they feel life is is not as valuable as as the gym shoes. And that's kinda like a you know, it's a twisted way that we are here in, in America at certain points that we could value gym shoes over life. But um I mean, I think that the kids just to me that anybody thinking like that, whatever age you are, it's just like man, they gotta be reminded of what life is about. Like if like to me, like one of the the, the best things we could do is walk in somebody else's shoes. You know what I mean? And like put yourself in mm. their shoes. And like when you look in the cross when I look at you, P I'm like, okay, I ain't gotta judge you. You just you being who you are. Mm. You know we all from the same we all from the same God. We all, like, you know, even when we ain't grow up in the same neighborhood, we all basically from the same place. So if I see somebody with 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 something that I ain't got, man, I can't like just be like, oh, I wanna take his life for it. You know what I'm saying? I, like, I got to go get it myself, you know, and um, I, I'm I'm practicing that mentality. I'm working on that mentality because that whole mentality of, of like, seeing somebody with something, you got gym shoes. It could be a, a movie role. It could be, you know, like, car. stardom car. Woman. Chain, yeah, woman. Woman. woman that's, <laughs> yeah, yeah, a
0: that's a big one right Jewelry. there.
1: That's a big one, yeah. Seeing somebody with that, like, you gotta like, you know, you gotta find it in yourself to say, "Man, I, man, love to that person, bless them, and I'm gonna go get it myself. Right. Get it myself. Yeah, I gotta go get it myself. That's my, that's my example that I can do it. You know what I mean? Uh, that's the only way I look at. That's the only way I strive to look at those things. Not right. Right. That's powerful. It's powerful, especially because I think that you know when we grew up. We wear Jordans because we want to be like Mike. Yeah. I mean, people wear them now for different reasons, and I ain't knocking that, you know what I mean? Because like, they're fashion statements. But it's amazing how much, it, you know, that he still j- j- just still, still has dominate. impact on the yeah, world, Jordan, yeah. man. I mean, but that's just, man, to me, part of that is just showing not only just that dude is a special individual, but, like, when you original, like, he was the first that was doing that stuff. Like, and when you're original, it's like, I feel like there's three mics we'll never see again. Another, Never see a Michael Jordan, never see a Michael Jackson, and never see a Mike Tyson. What? You know, and like those, those are like people that have impacted culture and life where I don't care how big you get, you just, because of the way society has moved, you'll never be as big as Michael Jackson.
0: Mm.
1: You just won't. And Mike Tyson, you know, I think Muhammad Ali for me was my you know favorite boxer because of what he stood for but Mike Tyson is an incredible individual and I still don't think in my lifetime I'll see another Mike nah, Tyson. No, we
0: won't we won't see that. Right. Now nah, we won't see we definitely won't see that. Exactly. Man. Definitely yeah. won't see that. The ghost of Emmett Till.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. You that,
0: saw the ghost of Emmett Till.
1: Yeah, man. I mean people
0: I'm not, I'm not laughing at you cuz yeah. it's, it's a fascinating story. It you know, you talk about how even at an early age, the story of Emmett Till really affected you, yeah. as it should, as a young boy who, you know, was senselessly murdered brutally.
1: Yeah, man, I just, um, I just saw pictures of Emmett Till recently because I was doing this movie, Selma, and um, they, you know, Emmett Till, you know, for those who don't know, was in 19, back in 1955, was a young man from Chicago who was killed by some white men down there for for flirting with a white girl right and they threw him in a river and, and shot him in and I think in the head they beat him and this you know he was just beat very bad and his mother had an open casket funeral i read about that when i was like in 6th or 7th grade and when i read about it it affected me so much that i felt like i was i was scared of the ghost of imetel in right. a way like but really what it was to me as i you know think about it it was something more like man this is um you know his life was taken so that i could live you know it raised you know it raised up the awareness that man we can't keep having this in america like yo this dude flirted with a white girl and actually was killed a 14 year old boy so hopefully those situations don't happen you know in the future like I mean he meaning he went through those things t- so that we can live a better life right and and not that he even knew that that was gonna happen but his life served as that and that was part of the whole civil rights movement and with that being said it's like the ghost of Emmett Till is more like the spirit of what happened and what can I do with my life that's gonna be important because this person's life was taken just for you know be, being you know flirting
0: right but you also spoke about a specific event too like you was
1: yeah. oh yeah when i when i would be like working i would i would be working at the stadium at the right. chicago stadium and taking equipment from from the the visiting locker room to the to the um chicago bulls locker room the home team's locker room and i would always run through the tunnel because I was like man the ghost of Emmett Till is here <laughs> but uh you know something crazy going on in my mind I ain't saying I'm the most sane guy I may have proved, seem like I can be but yeah it was something going on but but at the end of the day um it, I think like I said it was just more of me learning that his life was was something that that I need to be able to understand he died for me right like you know what I'm saying like many others
0: what effect also man that that that, that growing up and having a black mayor in Chicago did that have an effect on you man
1: man that was one of the the most inspiring times of my life like we're talking about how, uh, how Harold, made, Washington. Harold Washington Bro- brother it, we had buttons that said brother Harold Washington hey, brother brother Harold Washington mayor Harold Washington vote for Harold Washington i remember it was a blue button blue on one of the blue buttons you put on your you know your your clothes you stick to man Harold Washington was an inspiration to us, man. It was like a black mayor. we was used to we were a whole different thing, and he was a black mayor, like he wasn't just like Uncle Tom, no he was a black man right, and who knew was, the needs of his. knew the needs of the people right. and I actually you know when Obama first started working, he started he was doing some campaigning for Harold Washington as I think it was either as a college student yeah. I heard him mention that. But anyway, that was, man, that that was changed our lives. That was inspiration forever. So, so you grew up, like, not really known, but you grew up with all
0: of these little incidents yeah. of the possibilities of success. Because when I look at, you know, when I talk to Cass, you know, one of the, we had Riz on the show uh, about a year and a half ago. yeah, And he talked about how he, he grew up in the projects and he, it was like, what, nine kids and, you know, like everything smelt like piss. Yeah. And I was like, what glimmer of success did you see to make you think it was possible? And he talked about, you know, even though his mom was doing bad, he had an uncle that lived in Atlanta who was a surgeon mm. who had a mansion. And he was like to his sister, I know you're doing bad, so let me take the, during the summers, let me take the three youngest kids. They could come stay with me. You know, just to take that load off your your, your hands yeah and Riz was like yo the first time i seen a mansion I was like this really exists yeah and it, it seems like you had all these little glimpses yeah. of, of, of black people yeah being successful
1: yeah i mean and my i mean i grew up in a neighborhood that wasn't like it wasn't like the projects point right. blank it was it was the hood because it was drugs and gangbanging. banging but right. Like three blocks down the street, it was like people's houses. We was like, man, them houses is nice. Like it's Peel Hill, right? Like that's what they called it. Like um, the, the, I mean the, the neighborhood, like a couple blocks from. But me, did
0: the people look like you?
1: They were black. They
0: were black. Okay.
1: So it was it was it was overall not all not right. all. Let me let me be real. All of were black, but but the point is, um, I did see some things, but the things I saw most were the things, the incidents that that happened to me, and. Like like you said, I wasn't even thinking about well, this when this little kid saying calling me black that means something to me or seeing Michael Jordan. You just living your life, right? You just going on that journey. Yeah, but but um, those things did contribute in being able to see people succeed. My mother was an example for me, and Muhammad Ali, even though I didn't know him, you know, we connected him to Chicago a little bit because he had a wife and and, and a kid in Chicago, right. so it was like. Anybody doing good from Chicago? I felt like, oh man, I could do something. And then whether it was Isaiah Thomas or Ben Wilson, God mm. bless his soul, or you know, so yeah, it was inspirations coming from all type of places. Now it was also good to see
0: and read about you getting your hands dirty, yeah, yeah. like with the four corner hustlers.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah.
0: What's the four corner hustlers, man?
1: Wait, well, what's the organization in Chicago that was? You know, it, a lot of the organizations, you know, came from from the black power movement yes. in many ways. Um, and, you know, it was a branch of, of what many would call brothers. Like we was all brothers and brothers fit under, you know, different, it was different like groups in, in that organizations within brothers and four corner hustlers was just the dudes that I rode with. Right. Like, and I mean, they weren't just only on my side of town. They was on the West side and, um, you know, they was prominent in the, in the street organizations as far as, handling business and getting things taken care of so that was that's who I was affiliated with
0: and you talk about man like you know y'all would fight but you felt that instinctively part of the fighting was just to learn how to fight and, and become yeah. a man
1: yeah i mean it was in a way and this part of it was just like that you got that energy you just want to like you know you drinking you mad whatever <laughs> you know you're just out there fighting it you know it was it was we weren't trying to like remove you from this earth. Right. We we were trying to beat you to till you couldn't move, but like <laughs> but but <laughs> not allegedly. Yeah. But you know, not remove you from the earth. That was but the fighting so the fighting was part of it becoming a man. I got whooped sometimes, I whoop niggas, you know, it was like it was all part of the process of becoming a man, you know?
0: How do you feel, man? Would it, would have? Ha- what do you think would have happened to you if you was growing up under today's circumstances? Because it was a completely—I mean, you know—not saying that it was a paradise or like you know, it was yeah. it was everything was all good because it wasn't. But compare it to like what's really going on right now, man.
1: Man, I think, I think it, it would have been real hard to grow up in the circumstances today because, <laughs> man, like the way of the way of life is like yo guns like it's guns and you don't ain't nobody fighting right now and, 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 unless and, it's for
0: world star purposes and yeah. niggas is getting jumped
1: yeah it's like it's like <laughs> it's like yo I mean and and those are moves that you make it ain't no coming back from like you could fight somebody and whoop on them and, and you know it was cats some cats getting stabbed or blah. but you know once you shoot you shooting somebody you shooting somebody man it's, it's, you, that's it you're you in a whole yeah. different path yeah you're in a different path man and it's like those are life changing things. Right. So, it would have been real difficult for me. But, but you know, I have to say, I guess I'm saying this as as a grown man, and, and maybe even as a young man, I think I would have thought like I I thought back then. Well, I ain't trying to go to jail. I ain't trying to get get killed. You know what I'm saying? Like I I, I wasn't trying to go that far. Like you knew, I knew, like uh, you.
0: And and this goes back to your moms. Like, you had a foundation. Yeah. You kind of knew how far that ledge was.
1: Yeah, just a decision, too. Because I, I know people that had great families. They ended up, they ended up on dope, selling dope. You know, it, it's just a choice. You you know, at a certain point, you got to say, man, what do I want to do with this life? Right. You know what I'm saying? Like and and it's like, man, I gotta make some moves in my life. So it was more a decision. It, my mother definitely gave me a good foundation, but man, you could drift from that foundation, of course. And and I think it was just for me seeing something, seeing these things that, that, that were that was successful, and saying, I want to be that. I want to be some somebody that's successful in life, you know, and wanting I wanted good things in life. So that was my pursuit in it, and. and and it for me, if it wasn't like if it was gonna be something that's gonna straight take me off the track of of, you know, like what the goal is, I wasn't messing with it too much. It's only few times you know, it's not few, but it was only times where I just was like either just I uh, not not conscious about it and, and, and made wish that can happen, or just times where I just was too emotional that that I could have got something rash. Yeah, done something rash, dead, done right. something rash but Otherwise if I have I'm in my right state of mind, I ain't just gonna be like, Okay, I'm about to go do this and change this cat or you know, that just ain't me.
0: And and it's also not only what you saw in other people, but what people saw in you. Because yeah. you talked about like your man Youssef. Yeah. Like who, who who really actually altered your trajectory as well.
1: Yeah, well Youssef, man, like Youssef came from a big family, rest in peace to Seth. Um God bless his soul, he he was a dude that would, like, he point blank was, like, he ranked amongst the four CHs, amongst the four Conor Hustlers. And, and he, and, you know, they family, like, you know, them dudes was going through his his younger brother got shot. That was one of the first people I knew that got killed when we were young. Um, and and God bless his soul, doula. But, but the point is, Yusef, Taught me some things, like he taught me some things when it came came down the street. Things, and at the same token, he was like, "Man, you man, you 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 special. You got some, and you got to take on that. Like you're a leader. leader. You're a leader. Right. You got to take on that leadership bro. Like you can't like. Cause I ain't want that leadership bro. It's too much to come with that, man. It's and like, you didn't even, it didn't even
0: conceive in your mind that yeah, you was a leader.
1: Nah, I wasn't thinking like that. I'm thinking like, you know, I just want to see everybody. <laughs> Being good. We all huddled up together. Yeah, And I think, you know, what he was saying, not that, you know, everybody wasn't their own man, but it was like, yo, you got an opportunity. You got something to, you know, that's that's, going to stand out. And you got to be able to not only represent us, but at the same token, like help show us the way. Like, you know, be a leader, like empower the people you working with. You know, listen to the people you working with, or who, who you know, whomever you leading, and make good choices. And it's something because I've been learning more about you know leaders. We I keep mentioning this movie Selma because it, it's about Dr. King and mm. and um and his team and how they got voting rights for people in Selma. I mean, not for just for Selma, but really they changed the world by getting these voting rights in 1965. But when we talk about leaders. He was a leader who was able to put all these different people together like my character was this brilliant dude that people would say was crazy and then you had this woman Diane Nash who was like a radical doing things and but the point is Dr. King was a leader who was able to put Take all those together. qualities, yeah, and see all and the, see all the, the, all the quali- good
0: things as opposed to the yeah. oh he crazy or she too exactly. radical. Right.
1: Yeah. And, and and be and know you the chosen one but still give them a chance to, to because cause you need them. To be in this it, thing yeah, together. You, yeah, can't, you can't, can't do it by you yourself. You can't do it by yourself. King could not have done it by himself. Nah. And man, you know, I was finding out during that time, like, Dr. King came and stayed in Cabrini Green and slept overnight Cabrini Green just, like, just to show he was down with the people, man. Like, doing, like them leaders at that time was leaders, man. And, um, like, I, when Seth was saying be a leader, I had to embrace that. I had right. to feel that confidence. But
0: it took some time,
1: though. Man, it took time, man. It took time. And. And you know it, you know you hear no matter what. I, I we don't get to hear it from every all the leaders that we that we see that are leaders. But it's time as a leader. You like, man, I don't want this. I don't need this shit. Yeah, man, I'm good, man. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm good. Sure. Let me just go, like, do get this. my brew.
0: Let me yeah, go home. Yeah. Put on some cable. Yeah, exactly. bro. <laughs> but then you know,
1: man. To whom much is given, much is required. You got to do it. Yeah,
0: yeah. One thing I appreciate, man, is how you talked about. The, the The influence of house
1: music, oh yeah, yeah. you know Chicago yeah house
0: music, and you're talking about the eighties, like New York, yeah. we had the Paradise Garage, we had Larry Levan, and you,
1: yeah. you guys had
0: Frankie knuckles man. Yes. Yeah. and and it's good to hear somebody of your stature who you know is 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 definitely you know representative of of, of this hip hop culture, yeah, but really saw how house music was at that certain point really kind of instrumental in the directions that we took, man,
1: oh man. That house music influenced us in Chicago a whole lot, man. Like, that was, because it was like a soulful thing, too. And
0: you did not just want to hear beats all day. You want to hear beats with soul. Yeah. You just wanted to
1: mellow out or. M- mellow out. It just. It was be free. The, it was, be- it was, <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly what it was. See, it was like, yo, know, freedom to be in, in that house. You know, like it was a house thing. And, you know, it was like, man, women will be there kicking and you can, you know, you. We was jacking girls. That's what you call them, dancing up on a girl close, and it just is like, man, the shit was fun, man. House music was great music that that influenced Chicago culture, at least in the era I grew up right. in, and
0: era I grew up in as well, man. Yeah. Like I said, I I used to go to the Paradise Garage, yeah. and and you know it was at a certain point, man, where if I felt the hip hop music that was that was coming out at the time wasn't. Enriching my soul, I needed yeah. to, I had I had the option to listen to hip I mean the house music. Yeah. Man.
1: I mean that's and man, Frankie Knuckles, God bless his soul. Did, did you know Hatchet. him? I mean I met him. Right. I didn't know him well. I met him, but he was like a hero, like for us, like Frankie Knuckles, man. Frankie Knuckles DJing. Oh man. Like and, and this guy named Andre Hatchet, Ron Hardy, God bless his soul. Like, you know, all these guys. Um, man, they were spinning house, pink house. Was a guy like I want to shout them out because they meant something to our culture, right? Yeah, God bless Pink House Soul too.
0: When I say house music, man, what's the first record that that comes to your mind, man?
1: Um, I would say it's either um, the song called "It's Not Over." It's not, not over. over. First yeah. choice. Yeah, yeah. First choice. That's, yep. That's one of the first, and you know, two other records that were really like. Epitome of the house music of Chicago, not the house music like Ten City and those. That's house music for us. Ten City had a real deal, man. devotion and all that. But we used to listen to this group, Harold Melvin and the Blue Notes. um, Uh. They had this song called "The Love I Lost," right? And it was that was one. The love I I lost. Yeah, yeah, that song was one. (laughs) And you know what else was one that like, like when people play it, i will be like, man, that's a house cut to us was. Um, all I Do Is Think of You. Yes, like Stevie, Stevie Wonder. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was those beats that had that fall in the flow. Just doing. All Every I time I hear I that do. shit in the
0: car, my, I turn that shit up, my kids mm-hmm. are like, and I'm like, yo, this is house music. And they're yeah. like, dad, that's not... Yeah. That house music you talk about, right. like, no, but this is the shit that you know was infused in that whole culture. In that man.
1: culture, bro, like that was it, man. And even I'm Every Woman, Shaka Khan, the yeah. Girls Who Get That, all that, all that music Dr. was Doctor Love, all of that shit. Doctor Love, Doctor Love, B. Man, that was like great music. Yeah, man. yeah. And I can hear house tape now and be like, man, that shit cold.
0: Yeah, I've been trying to get my hands for the past five years. I've been trying to get my hands on the best house music from that era. Yeah, I got you know, and it's it's funny in this in this Twitter age, I've been able to find everything. I ain't been able to find that tape yet, man.
1: What? I ain't find that tape yet, b. Oh man, <laughs> and I, I one of my guys was playing some house music before, the other day. I was what well, is a while back, and I was like, man, that was that was the the the, the fresh some of the freshest music. You know, that shit gave you life, right? Yeah, it was it was. It was dope, man. It's dope to be a part of those cult, that culture.
0: Yeah, listen, man. Let's take a, a brief uh, break, man. You tune into the Combat Jack Show, the We got common in the building, and, yeah. and I'm loving this conversation, man. Yes,
1: sir. Me too. Yo, Thank let's you. take
0: that break. Internets, tune into the Combat Jack Show. F your radio, F your TV, F your podcast.
1: Be right back. Yo, what up, internet? This is your boy, DJ Ben-Hameen. And what I need you to do right now is go to iTunes. Search for the Combat Jat Show. Once you do that, subscribe. Leave a comment, leave a rating, and leave a review. That's right. iTunes on Combat Jat Show. Combat Jat Show on iTunes. Either way you want to work it. Once you're subscribed, you'll get that good content every week straight to your phone, your mobile device, your computer, all that good yeah. stuff. Like Premium Pete would say, tell a friend to tell a friend.
0: internet so you tune into the Combat Jack Show, the show dot com. We got common yes, in the
1: building. The yes, so common
0: man. We've been talking about everything else, man. We ain't we ain't talking about your your rap career,
1: man. I, you know what I'm saying? We. I, I kind of like that we've been talking about everything else too. That's dope, though.
0: Nah, this is this is what we do, man. Because yeah. you know, like, like I like to show our audience, man, that we're not just a monolithic people, man. Yeah. E- even as rappers and entertainers and, and the whole now, we don't, you know, it's not just about that. Yeah, it's it's the whole myriad of experiences that bring you to this point, man.
1: That's very true.
0: You know, but coming up in Chicago, um, initially you really didn't take rap serious because Chicago at the time wasn't a rap city.
1: Yeah, nah, it wasn't, and um. You know, I loved rap music. Shoot, it was it was. I was I started in hip hop culture as breakdancing and rapping, so I wanted to be a part of the culture, and right. it just was like it just was fun more than anything. And then I really decided I wanted to be a rapper around when Rock Hill and EPMD and those guys came out. BDP, NWA. It was like, man, I want to do this myself. You know, it's it was something I had started writing before that, and I was writing. And I had a group with no ID and one of our other brothers named Corey. And we we C- were doing C-D-R. our thing. CDR, yeah. And we had the group and we were performing. We opened up for Big Daddy Kane and NWA and Eazy-E one time. And like Too Short, it was at this place called The Regal. We, so I was doing my thing, but really, you know, we were doing our thing. And then at a certain point it was like, man, I really want to make a career out of this. Right. I really want to, you know, this is what I want to do. I didn't even know what the career was, but I was like... I want I to th- be, I with be with it, them. I yeah. want to be with them cast." Yeah. So that was that was the dream, and that's what I was pursuing.
0: So your crew, CDR crew, yeah. was it y'all that came to New York to perform at the New Music Seminar, or was it yourself individually?
1: No, nah, it was actually... At the New Music Seminar, it was a group called 1213, okay. who consisted of Twilight Tone and a brother named Omarah, who, like, we all, like... CDR came and I met Tone and and and, and Omar eventually in high school and like they they were the ones that got like the notoriety. Well, you remember the New Music Seminar was like, man, you get tapes from everywhere and they everywhere, got, they everybody. Got and I I I just was kind of like really just going along with them to come to New York and that that was a life changing experience because I was, you know, I was just tagging along with them point blank and and it was like, man, we saw. Karis, one Buster Rhymes, um, Poor Righteous Teachers, um, th- the uh, leaders of a New School before they came out. Really, Buster was beatboxing for for uh, for PRT, and we saw all that, and it was just like, man, we we really got. That was our first time in New York. You could Touch it, yeah. We could we could feel what hip hop was, and seeing where the it was pulse, coming right. from, and and you know, we were just kids, man. Just really with dreams, so. I try to remember that too when when people come up to me, and they don't know nothing about the industry. They just like man, just want to want you to hear their tape, and it's a lot of people that do it because a lot of people rap now.
0: Right, everybody rap yeah,
1: right now. Yeah, so so but you know I try to remember that, but it's all the time I don't like always just listen, but sometimes I do.
0: Right, you came back to New York to perform at the New Music Seminar for by yourself. Yeah, and you saw. Um, Chi Ali performed before you.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that was... Uh, yeah, the Chi Ali performed. We was on the showcase. Um, and, you know, to be able to come back after seeing my my guys rock in, in, out here in New York, it was just like, man, I mean, it was just like another step. It was something I could go home. One thing about hip-hop that it did and does for me is always made me proud to right. be a part of it. Like, to be able to come home and say, man, Ma, I just got my... You know, tapes, you know. Well my mother honestly wasn't even as aware that I was into hip hop as much as my friends were. Right. And for me to be able to say to my friends, like, yo, man, I just got man, we we getting looked at by the new at the new music seminar. It might be this label that might sign us, you know, like we you know, they might see us. Right. You know, it was just one step closer to the dream and and my dream was, was part of their dream.
0: Right. Yeah. But but this particular incident you was about to perform right after Chi Ali. Mm-hmm. But you seen the crowd turn on Chiali and they was throwing
1: pennies at him. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. That was man, and I got pennies thrown at me too at a certain point. Like, in New York or no? This was this was like in New Jersey at, at, at Mahorns. Jersey's worse. It was this place called Mahorns. <laughs> yeah. It was right out. It was closer to Philly, and um, you know it was built as a Philly show. I was, we were opening up for KRS One, and I think you know they right before we came out. I mean, right when we was coming out, we was playing the beat. I was standing on stage, you know, you waited, waiting, you and they started throwing some pennies, and I think they threw my tapes, too, like oh. some of the tapes we gave. And, man, you just had to endure it, man. You had like, to power through, man. Yeah, you got to power through. It taught me taught me a lot, man. It yeah. taught me a whole lot.
0: Jam Master J wanted to sign you.
1: Yeah, Jam Master J was, like, thinking about signing me to JMJ Records, right. which is part of Def Jam.
0: Did he see you at the New Music Seminar, or?
1: He heard my tape and then saw me perform at some place in New York, and um, and then, you know, he was considering signing me. He really was close to signing us with, you know, he decided to go with Onyx. Mm. <laughs> so, you know, which wasn't a bad move. Onyx <laughs> blew up at that time. He, and, made,
0: he made some money, man. Yeah, he did his you thing know what I'm
1: Yeah, so it wasn't a bad move, but, you know, it was just one of those things, man. We was, that was another story, you know, you telling your boys, like, man, J, J. thinking about <laughs> signing us, you know. It didn't happen, you right. know, but it but it was just even. But that things kept opening t- up. Yeah, to be that close right. to to hip hop legend, is, it was just something in itself.
0: We're talking about your tenth album, but when you go back to right before you made your first album, you know, you got offered a deal by Relativity, and it seemed like the biggest challenge at the time wasn't signing the deal, was b- but getting the co sign from your moms.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah, well, my mother didn't know it too much about, like... that. She didn't even know I was really rapping like right. that. And she didn't look at the hip-hop industry as a career. So she looking like, man, I worked this hard to get you in good schools. We got you some financial aid to go to college. You doing good in college. And you telling me you want to leave to, to make a rap record. Be a rapper? To be a rapper. <laughs> Yo, so she like, man, come on, G. And I'm like... You know, this is my dream. This is what I'm pursuing. And, and and that showed me something, too, because even in your life, it's people that love you and really care for you. Nobody, I think, on this earth care for me more than my mother does. But she didn't know what my dream was or know what my purpose is. So her feeling of support was like, yo, don't do that. But if you know in your soul that this is what you want to do, you born to do, and like this is your dream, you got to go for it. And that's what I did, really. It was like, Ma, I respect what you're saying, but I got to go for this.
0: But she also saw how serious you were.
1: Yeah, eventually, after about the third album, she was like, okay. Okay. You, you, so it took the third album? It took the third album, and she was on the record cover, so that helped the oh, situation. You, you, was that strategic, though? <laughs> no, that, not really, <laughs> but, she, but when she saw her, People coming to her, seeing her faces, because you know they would put the the album covers on the park benches and everything. People coming up like, "Man, I seen you! You know, I seen you on the cover. I seen so. you on
0: that rap record. Yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> so I mean, I mean, but she, you know, by the third album, she knew it wasn't no turning back for me. Right. Yeah.
0: You know, you talk about you know you still trying to decide whether this rap thing was for you. Right. First record came out, didn't really make that much noise, you know, no. and then. You know, you kept. You know, you decided. What well, was I going to go to school or come back and this and that. And finally, you have your hit, man. With, with, when I used to love her, which was, you know, that's really when when I paid attention. Yeah, you know and being a you know a narrow minded New York fan, that's when I paid attention.
1: I mean, I mean, that's rightfully so. Maybe yeah. that maybe the first album, you know, just didn't have the things to gather the the masses' attention. It didn't have the song making qualities or concepts or. Whatever the reason, I understood that "Can I Borrow a Dollar?" My first album wasn't the way I wanted to impact the culture, and I named my new album "Resurrection," my second album, because I felt like I was coming from the dead. Like people didn't know who I was, so it was like, man, I'm about to like, I'm about to come to life.
0: <laughs> and you were inspired by the Quran, actually. The-
1: yeah, I was. I actually was reading the Quran, the Bible. I was listening to John Coltrane. Things that I had never done before. Like, I mean, I read the Bible and grew up in church, going to church. But the Quran, being around people that that were practicing Islam, uh, and just getting introduced to new things, man. Like, I, you know, the jazz music was something that, that helped me out, man, and just like reading different books, like just starting to grow into to myself.
0: So, were you surprised, man, when you you got this hit? It's a, it's a love it's a love song to this culture yeah were you surprised man when uh when when, when King T says yo man um you hear ice cube
1: oh man i definitely <laughs> i was super surprised man because it was like the story I used to love her was really saying you know how much I love hip-hop and I told about the evolution but I also was saying that i i wasn't mad when she you know became a gangster right you know it, but I felt like she had left. Some of the other stuff behind, you know, my whole thing of, when I wrote I used to love her. When people ask me about hip hop now, they ask me about hip hop seven years ago, ten years ago. It's man, I always think that hip hop just need balance. Yeah, that's all I. The the only thing it needs is balance. If it has, if it has too short and, and Rock kim and and everything in between, whether that's N.W.A. and B.D.P., whether that's E.P.M.D. and King T. All that—that's a meal. It's, that's a meal right there. It's, that's that's where all should exist. Right. And now it can be. You know, it could be Kendrick Lamar and and Dirt. You know, what I'm saying it could be like um, Drake and 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 Lil Reese or you know YG or you know like you know it could be the the myriad of of spectrums and dynamics that we possess as, right. as human beings and as black people as inner city kids as whatever. whatever. Hip hop. But but the
0: great thing about that, all, all that shit is beautiful. Mm-hmm. But the great thing about that is you dropped one of the hottest disc records, my dude. <laughs> like we had Pete Rock in here. Yeah. Last week. And and he said you reached out to him. He's like, Yeah, I really need yeah. something. Like, like why'd you reach out to Pete Rock, man?
1: Well, honestly, at first I was thinking, like, man, what Premier doing and Premier was like, No, Ice Cube is my <laughs> man. <laughs> He's like, No, Ice Cube and W C they're my guys. Okay. So I was like, man, I need to get a P-Rock beat. <laughs> Pete, what's up? Peter Rock, where you at? And I, I went down to his basement and we were sitting around with all his guys, man. And, um, like, man, I just, I, start, I, I was saying the rap acapella at first. And then they was like, man, cause I remember MC Search actually would, he called, I think he called P-Rock with, for me to, to say the rhyme at one point over the phone. Uh, and, and I mean, I remember, and then I came to New York and went to Pete Rocks. I was kicking around for Q Tip, and, and J Dilla was around at the time, and they was all like, man, like, yo, this is crazy. But right. then we went to Pete Rocks' basement, and that's when he made the doom, do 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 doom, doom. Crazy. Do-do-do-do. And man, I was like, <laughs> yo, this shit is dope, man. And I actually had, had Mob Deep, Havoc did a remix beat. Where, and he was on this chorus like, I see the bitch in you. Uh, it, it was cold, man. It's about man. to get ugly. It was cold. Right. And we now, I don't know where that is now, but we was in Queens at Power Play and recorded that song, and um, we never put it out. So y'all
0: niggas was really ready for war, and then yeah. Tupac and Biggie happened.
1: Yeah. I was definitely ready for war because right. I went out there and said, I rapped the bitch in you out in L.A., acapella like the house of Blues, before I even really made the record I I wrote the verse the first verse but I hadn't even finished the the song I just went out there and rapped and I was like I'm ready for whatever's gonna happen in LA in LA man I was like that's when that that young like
0: a young warrior, yeah, like young fuck warrior. all the ramifications yeah, yeah, it, and but,
1: peace talks and yeah, all that shit. Because yeah. when you get, you know, it's just like that's <laughs> and, why and I, niggas
0: was gassing <laughs> you up. Yeah, coming. Yeah, it was, like, nigga. yeah, was like get
1: that nigga. Yeah, niggas is like get that nigga. He doing
0: wicked songs right now. Get him.
1: Man. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, but uh, but that you know that was part of the 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 thing. But when that happened, and I you know when when honestly when Biggie Smalls and and when Tupac passed, man, that, was, that changed a lot, man. We we looked at hip-hop and was like, man. Why are we, we doing this? Yeah, we ain't getting into this for for this. Right. We losing two of the greatest, like, individuals we've seen in, in our culture. And, you know, this generation has ever experienced, like, two of the most important figures. Right. And when that happened, that's when it was like, Man, we got to change. Yeah. Like, we, what I looked at, you know, Minister Farrakhan had called a lot of rappers together, and I remember a came, and it was just like, man, I can't, I ain't, I can't be on no hatred towards you at this point, man. Right. We trying to, you know, we want to live. We ain't getting hip hop to, to die. Yeah, we get in got it. It's an opportunity. Yeah. yeah,
0: we making money. Yes. We got fans.
1: Fans, We got man. women. But women, good. <laughs> Tra- we traveling. We taking care of our families.
0: Yeah. So, so how was it years later, man, you get pulled into this this beef with Drake, man, this, this spat with Drake?
1: Ah, uh, man, I think that was more like just an emotional thing where I'm feeling like, man, is this nigga dissing me? Because, you know, we had to, like a woman in between us, mm. you know, and it was like- is this lying to me or is, or ain't it? You know, like, I couldn't tell. And I'm like, man, you got to... I felt like I needed to be respected more. My right. ego was in it. Like, man, I need... It. If you gonna Like, I feel like them shots being fired at me. And I don't do that subliminal shit. So I'm like, yo, <laughs> like, yo if it is, I'm about to make it clear. Right. Um, let me know. Like, you know, show me which way you pointing the gun. Like, right. you know. And,
0: and it's amazing also because... You know, you've had the fortune of being in this game for 20 years. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So the dynamics change where not necessarily are you actually addressing your peers now, but here you're an elder statesman. You know what I'm saying? You've already, you know, paid dues. And when these young boys, you know, like, nigga, your days is past. Like, nah, let me get off my porch, B. Like, let me me show. Nah, man, I got that old man strength.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah, for me it was like, man. Ain't no age when you're in the ring. Yeah, none. Of, none you know what I'm saying? Yeah. If you're on the court, ain't no age. Right. You know, like it's like if you're in a war, ain't nobody gonna be like, man, don't shoot that 35 year old dude, man. Like it's it's a <laughs> nah, war. It's, it's a it's, war. It's a war. So it was like once you know, once I if, if I I don't, I don't sit up here and be like, man, man, I ain't done this, so I like I'm I shouldn't be. People shouldn't come at me. You know, now I'm
0: still a, on the field.
1: Yeah, I'm still on the field, so if I'm playing in, and I'm playing in the game, and if I I was part of it, I can't. I got to take responsibility for that. And at the same token, I think you know, from getting to meet Drake and and dealing with the situation, he a good dude that I respect, and and we settled it. And I think he was mature in the way he handled it, and especially to be a young man and not, you know, be like still too fiery. But I was fiery. I was right, right, you know. Right. And he, you know, at the end of the day, he handled it like a a good, mature guy would. You know, you should actually, and I respected that. So, you know, I learned from it it. you won't see me in no more beefs unless no I'm, more
0: beefs coming. Yeah, coming, like, you 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 a fighter though, man. I'm a
1: fighter. You okay. are a fighter? Okay, I'm a fighter. <laughs> if you know, if it would man. I'm trying to think what could somebody do to draw me into to beefing it. it
0: this nigga's show was whack, hot. and his album fell. You know what I'm saying? Like,
1: yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, but sometimes I'm not saying your show was whack. No, no, I know, I know. But I'm saying some talk don't affect me. Right. Like I said, like that that was like. That beef was rooted in some, you know, war start over women. G. yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, you know. My wife
0: always says most wars start. Yeah,
1: you know, I mean, and and it was like some like things that I think was personal that that felt like they was on record, right. and I was like, man, I don't, and I just didn't know, like like at least with me and Cube, mm-hmm. it was like. You know, Q came directly out and said, yes. and I said, Yo, yo, his name. Like, it was like we were saying, Yeah, his he said name. your name. Yeah, yeah and I said his name. So it was like, uh, with that, with, with the other situation with Drake, it's just like I needed to make it clear. We resolved it. I'm good. Yeah.
0: I'm not trying to get in your personal life, man, but this has been, uh, you know, this is a current event, man. You you speak to Serena recently?
1: Yeah, yeah I didn't speak to her recently, but I know um, well, I she spoke are, she to her a little right, while man? ago. Well, somebody told me I didn't even see it, but somebody told me she was sick at the at the tournament. Right. Yeah, but I didn't, you know, I haven't spoke to her during that time. Right, like, but uh, you know, I I definitely consider her a friend though. Like she's somebody I'm cool with. Yeah. Some girls, you know, you break up with, and you don't talk to yeah. her ever again. Now, Fuck. I'm I'm
0: asking you that because I didn't like the way the media, you know, spun it because I seen the video. She didn't look like herself, but the way the media worded it was like she's acting erratic. On, you know what I'm saying, on the court, when you hear somebody say they're acting erratic, yeah. that has a connotation towards it, which is yeah. why,
1: you know. I mean, but you know, that woman is a champion. I mean, how many people you know have dominated the sport that long? And like been that great,
0: nigga. Yeah. I, I'm not no shots, but she looked like she might have dominated <laughs> you. <laughs> <laughs> no,
1: no, I ain't letting no woman dominate me. She, she, one, she, love. She strong, she strong, one love. She's strong, me.
0: She's strong, me. I'm a winner. I'm in winners. With, I'm
1: hitting winners with with the best of them. Yo. You know what I'm saying like, but but I'll say this, you know, like you know, the media never really gave her like the respect and and credit that that they could. Cause I mean, she been.
0: Oh, for, for, she, she held it
1: down. Held it down, man. And I like, you know, she represent, you know, like, like to me, strength and black women and, and you know, like, basically champions. So I got nothing but love for her, but she definitely ain't couldn't master me, man. Okay, I'm, I'm okay. I'm a master.
0: There you go. <laughs> Chicago in the building. Yo, listen, I see your crew. You know, we got a limited amount of time. I want to talk about so many things, man. Yeah. So many things I want to talk about, like Kanye. Yeah. Like, I don't want to leave nothing off the table, but I understand your time is... Is limited, but I really want to talk something seriously, man. It's you know, it's this mystical thing going on, man. It's this 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 mystery of life uh-huh. that is the Badu box.
1: <laughs> is it real, my G. Yeah, the Badu box is, is it took real. you to another planet, my G. Man, it, it could take you to another <laughs> to another universe. Right. <laughs> no, nah, but seriously, I mean, you know, she, that's when you meet somebody that's real special. Right. You know, and you like, man, this woman got, she got something else, man. It ain't, it ain't just, it ain't just the sex. It ain't just the the looks. It's like, man, something that's kind of like, like spirit wise. That you like, man, this woman got something else, and that's all it is. I mean, but for me, I just was like, man, I appreciated her from all those aspects, like her uh, being like super talented, her uh, being real fresh, and like. And being, like, into new shit that I just wasn't up on. And then at the same token, that whole spiritual thing was, like, and it's real. Yeah, and both of y'all like, are Pisces. Yeah, we both Pisces. That's
0: dangerous right there, bro. Yeah, you know. that's, that's real dangerous. Yeah. Like, I've read somewhere that a Pisces with a Pisces, like, the tendencies could either be, they could be drug addicted. um, They could be real religious. yeah, They could be really into the arts. Or... um. Forgot what the other, sh- but it's some real. There's some real deep waters, my domestic dude. violence. No, nah, I didn't. I didn't read that. <laughs> 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 but but, but it's, you, you just, but it's just some that. real deep. Sh- I remember seeing you in Brooklyn when you was dating. I remember seeing you and her on the corner, Seventh Avenue uh-huh. and, and uh, Frank uh, Flatbush Avenue. Yeah. And I was like, "What is my dude wearing?" <laughs> she got that nigga.
1: <laughs> <strong>. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but I say, but I say this. I think you know more than anything she definitely was not like, yo, where this? Right. And I, I won't like... It was coming from you. Yeah, it was, it was something that was coming from me as far as like, I had the aspirations, moving to New York, I had the aspirations to do something new, to right. change, to grow, like, just do, try new things. It so happened that she, she definitely was an influence. I can't act like she wasn't an influence because she introduced me to certain people that were creative artists that could make, you know, but as far as my choice, it was like my choice to say, "Man, I want to do this. I want to do that." She just was like, you, "You know, sometimes some of the people you surround yourself around, they do have influence." Right. And I ain't gonna act like she ain't had no right, influence, right. but it definitely she wasn't agreeing with some of my some of my um, fashion, fashion, fashion choices. choices yeah, yeah. To be honest, but um, you know, you know, I, I that that period of my life, man, oh, man, I had a good a great time, and I love. I think Erica is like, man. I be listening to some of my songs like, man, this girl is dope. Like she dope.
0: And getting doper.
1: And getting doper. And I
0: think the poignant thing that you've said, man, is, you know, during that time is that Chicago made you an MC. But New York made you an artist.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, coming to New York was like and Chicago like provided it taught me like who I was as a man. Like, you know, like to and who I was as a person taught me about my culture in New York. Exposed me to new cultures yes. and to new, like, um, creativity and just people.
0: And you was and in that bubble, B. You was in that soul query. Yeah, yeah, so West cool. Love, Most Deaf, Ty Lee, like, all of them.
1: Yeah, Most, um, J. Dilla. J.
0: Dilla, B. Yeah. Q-Tip.
1: Erica, Q-Tip, D'Angelo. Like, that was a great time for us, you know, just being around the music and me being in Brooklyn. And, and then just being in New York, man, I, I remember, like, being going out places at three in the morning, hearing music, like going around and being around people that was like fashion designers and, and going around with people that were like, like Bilal would just be, we'd just be hanging out at the studio and man, hop on this song. And it just was like, I had access to artistry that I never did before, but everything went in the sequential order that it needed to. Like growing up in Chicago gave me the uniqueness that I needed and the, and like the thought process and you know, the soul that I needed, but then coming to New York just opened me up and allowed me to 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 blossom, man. Right.
0: Last question I'm gonna ask you, man. Um, is Nas dot com Yeah gonna happen with you and Nas?
1: Man, we've been wanting it to happen. I, right now I can't act like I think it's gonna happen anytime soon. Right. I gotta say Nas is definitely like if not my favorite, um, M C he's definitely one of my favorite MCs and uh you know, I just lately I've been listening to Big too, and I gotta say, Big's just incredible. Big performs just a whole yeah, different yeah, level. But, but but um, if Nas.com happens, it, it will be real powerful. Yo, who came we, up uh, with that name, B? Nas's manager. Oh word! Yeah, that that Jones. Either Nas is managing, yo. That's shit, that just gonna happen. We gotta speak it. Yeah, we at, gotta speak. This, let's speak it. Nas. Com, it's, it's gonna you know, happen. Twenty fifteen. Twenty fifteen. Let's do <laughs> yeah. it. Let's speak it. Yo,
0: listen, man. It. It's a pleasure having you here, man. Yeah, and, yeah. and you know, we could talk forever. Yeah. You know, the the, the album drops July twenty second.
1: Yeah, July twenty second. Yeah, yeah. Nobody smiling. Nobody smiling on RDM Def Jam. Um, Kingdom is out with with um, Vince Staples. Yes. Yeah, yeah, the song Diamonds is out right now with. Um, Big Sean, it'll be out and speak my peace. So, man, it's just, man, I'm really excited about the album and um, it's coming July 22nd. Man, you still hungry, man? Man, I'm a hungry. See, I'm a new artist, man. Like, this album, that's, that's the the thing that most about this album that I can say is a the hunger there. Mm. Yeah. A
0: comment, man. Thanks again, man. Welcome to the Combat Jack Show. Yeah, and the success to you, man. Thanks, for having, you, Thanks man. for having me. success to you, man. Thanks for having me. Next time we talk about the movies, Green Lantern, and all of that,
1: man. Yeah, all right. All right. Internets,
0: man. You tune into the Combat Jack Show, the CombatJackShow.com. You know what it is, man. Dream those dreams and then man up and live those dreams. Because a life without dreams is black and white, and the universe flows in Technicolor and surrounds sound. Blah. Blah. No, this episode of the Combat Jack Show was produced by Jonathan Menna, executive produced by A. King and Chris Morrow engineered by Samir Karan and recorded in the Engine Room Audio Studio in downtown Manhattan. This is an official Loudspeakers Network's production.